0: Good Monday morning, this is Matt Hodell with the Bastards of Art Podcast, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I need a new catchy intro. It's February 17th, I hope you guys got your Valentine's in order. I mean, it's a day late and dollar short now, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, You know, the thing about Valentine's Day is, like, you know it's going to happen, you know there's, like, kind of a generic kind of thing you got to do, and as artists, we try to figure out something cool and creative to, um, do something different or special. Um, and, uh, I don't, (laughs) you know, I, here's what I do. I got like two weeks countdown and I think like, man, I gotta, I gotta come up with something cool. I gotta, I can make something. I'm an artist. I can do these things. I got, I got creativity. And I overthink it and I overanalyze it and I treat it like a project and I tell myself that it's not going to work or I tell myself that it's going to be dumb or whatever the case may be. Anyway, you guys know what happens. It it just, I just don't get around to doing the thing, the big thing that I was going to go do. Um, and it's a bummer. Uh, I wish I was, I was different, but I'm not. Um... But, you know, getting onto the subject of creativity, I read in college a long, long time ago that creativity peaks in your 20s. And that always bummed me out because I figured when I read that, how I read it was I will never be as smart or as intuitive as in my 20s. And I don't know what, you know, I don't know what. Logic or thinking, but I know what I wrapped that statement in, and what I wrapped that statement in was that you know that your twenties are the time where you're less hindered by um, having to pay bills and having a family, and you're you're the most free in your twenties, and you're the most in touch with the bigger picture in your twenties because you know you're not hindered with. Um, being brought down by the man or the rat race or whatever and so your 20s were your time to really build a foundation for who you were who you were going to be as an artist and that after your 20s and you i've gotten my 30s i was thinking man i i'm bummed because i i don't think i was that really creative in my 20s i don't think i did the thing that i thought i was going to do i wasn't super awesome i didn't i didn't get into painting like i wanted to i i had started my career but it seemed pretty menial and mundane i didn't feel like i actually was coming up with really clever stuff i didn't feel like i'd surrounded myself with maybe the right people or I'd gotten into the right activities or you know i kept doing that thing too where I'd like i'd sit next to artists that were really good and think through somehow through osmosis I was going to pick up what they were doing and just I never had those bright light moments where I thought I did something really clever. Um, I think what was happening in those early 20s was I was learning systematic problem solving. I was learning how to take a, a situation that was uncomfortable or unfamiliar to me and look at my industry and figure out how they had solved this problem before I got there in the beginning with my work, you know, it was a lot of like traditional style tattooing. So, um, how, if someone brings me a Lakers logo and I don't want it to look so generic, How do I put that through the grind? How do I make it look like a traditional tattoo? What do I add to it? What color palette do I use? If someone brings me a portrait of their dog, how do I make it look like a traditional tattoo? If someone brings lettering, how do I convert that lettering into something that looks clean and clever? And I would have these problems that clients would bring to me, or they were actually customers more or less back then. They would bring me these, and I wouldn't know exactly what to do. And I would would say yes to all these projects, but then... I had to really use references to figure out how people had systematically problem-solved these before me. Um, And it never really, I didn't feel innovative. I didn't feel really smart. Um, It wasn't until I was getting ready to go into my 40s that I started to feel somewhat successful in my problem-solving, in my thinking. Um, A couple of big things happened. Um, I got rid of using a reference library. Um, I got rid of using a left. I should say I got rid of using a reference library as a crutch. Like, I think I spent way too much time in my twenties and early thirties going through all these books I owned to find how to draw a dragon head or how to draw a dragon claw or how to draw peonies. And more or less, what I was doing was collaging a bunch of systematic problem solving together. And somehow labeling it my own, I don't know, but it didn't. I still didn't feel genuine until I got closer to my my later fort my my later thirties and into my forties, where I finally felt like I was being the genuine person that I was meant to be. That I could comfortably take on a project and know exactly how. I, maybe not exactly how, but I had the confidence at least to know how I was going to tackle that problem in a creative, intuitive, innovative process. Um, and what I've learned is over the years is that there's almost two types of artists. There's there's like a, um, a conceptual innovator, um, somebody who can just write out the box Ignore or challenge conventional wisdom, um, and they come up with new ideas almost spontaneously. Okay, those people tend to thrive in their early years, and this is probably how I got that clippet where I read that your creativity peaks in your 20s. Now, that is someone who is a conceptual innovator someone who can just like it just seems like they just snap their fingers and they come up with this really awesome stuff and those are the people that wow us and that is who i wanted to be but i just wasn't then i learned more going into my my 40s um chicken egg type thing did i start doing it or did i read it i don't know um but there are creators who are more experimental and these type of creators they take all these years of knowledge and experience and And they take and they study the accepted theories or systematic problem solving their entire career and ultimately what happens is at the towards the end of their career their peak so to speak is it's after they've been able to analyze all that knowledge and life experience then they are able to build off that and become innovative um And it seems like that style of creativity peaks later in life. Now that's me. That's who I am. I am. I did not come up with the the cool stuff I thought I was going to come up with in my twenties. I'm in my forties and I feel like I am the strongest I've ever been, um, which is good and bad because it's bad because, um, I spent my thirties feeling depressed. Like I was worthless. (laughs) I thought I missed my, missed the train or missed the boat, so to speak. Um, But it feels good because now I'm, now that I've kind of like feel more confident, and I started looking more into this idea of more of an experimental um, artist or or creative person, um, uh, innovator. um, This is really like I feel like I've hit my stride. Um, To kind of make this, if you study a little bit and you Google search this a little bit, um, you're gonna the best comparison would be like comparing Charles Darwin to Einstein. Both, both individuals gave us a lot as humans and, and as, 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 artists, um, new ways of thinking, new ways of taking conventional wisdom and, and, and rearranging them. So they made sense. Now, Darwin, you would argue would be the more experimental, someone more like me. Um, he spent decades accumulating evidence, um, on, you know, his thing was evolution, how it worked, um, and his contributions, to that that world of science and evolution they came later like all the pictures were darwin shaking hands and getting awards he's old man with a beard right now einstein he was that kid that challenged everything from day one and even in school he when he was supposed to be kind of absorbing what the teacher was saying he was already regurgitating something different and challenging the, the, the popular thoughts of the day in, in, in the field of math and science. Um, his discoveries were um, highly abstract to those around him. Um, and it wasn't until later that people could study and that they understood what these contributions were. Um, so his his biggest contributions came early in his career. So, again, these are two different ways of, of creativity. Um If you think about it, it makes sense, you know. Uh, We already know we're different. We already know we're, we are, we are kind of walking on the outside of the box. It's just that I think what happens is as we, as we creative types compare ourselves to others and try to figure out where we fit in, or at least that's the case with me, I think it ends up actually taking longer to hit your stride because you're in competition with others. I've said this before. When you're in competition with others, you get bitter. When you're in competition with yourself, you get better. Um, things that would hinder your creativity, your ability to get to the point where you hit your stride. It's um, number one, lack of direction. Um, maybe you're waiting for someone a cue from someone else to tell you what you're supposed to be doing or maybe you just haven't written down your goals yet maybe you just haven't told yourself what you're going to do and how you're going to do it Um, a lot of people float through space and through this you know art world waiting for the next mission the next goal um, they pick up on what everyone else is doing. They say, oh, I guess that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so they take direction from others instead of internally, um, which is terrible. You know, it's you, when you get comfortable enough with yourself, you don't have to do that. So that's a fear. Um, another fear, this would be the second one, just being afraid to fail. I think a lot of artists hold themselves back where they might have a creative idea or a creative thought or something that was outside the box of... Um, conventional wisdom Uh, and they don't they're almost too big of chickens to bring it to the table and say this is how I think about it and this is how I think it should be done Um, so I don't know how many times we've missed out on great opportunities because the person didn't have the gutso to just speak up Um, along with being afraid to fail is the second part which would be afraid of rejection Um, I had entered an art show in my 20s and got rejected and I had sent photos off to a magazine in my 20s and got rejected and I didn't try again for a long time because I did not want to get rejected again you know Bukowski the writer uh, Charles had supposedly a closet in his dingy apartment like stacked high full of rejection letters to the point where they almost, I guess, became kind of a trophy for him. And he didn't find success until he was in his forties. He had already had a career as a mailman and he was just a low life drunk. who spent too much time gambling, but all of his success as a writer and as a creative person didn't come till later, but he actually, for whatever reason, never gave up and kept submitting his writings. Um, So that's another fear, you know, so you have lack of direction, Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of rejection. And here's another one that is almost needs its own podcast. It's uh, you you never change or adopt, adapt to a situation. You, when a new situation arises, you don't find it in, in yourself to, throw away what you might've been basing your entire life's work on or your, your entire thought process on. And you don't give yourself a chance to go, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe there is a better way to do this. Maybe there is a different way to do this. Um, and maybe, maybe I should just take a minute and listen to what these people are saying or what, or what the environment is saying or what this challenge is saying. Um, yeah, man, that's, That's a bummer, you know, because you almost you almost make a cocoon around your around your your failures. You know, like you almost get comfortable not being successful. You know, you just you just assume that's who you are and that sucks. Um, Not being proactive. Um, Proactivity is how we get our energy. Um, it's how we feel. It's, it's it's vital to, to. how do I say this? Being proactive is where we get our lifeblood. Always being curious, always being um, in a learning state, um, always wanting more information. Trying things that are new is basically what it boils down to. If you don't think proactively, if you just say like, I'm not moving on from pastels and trying a new medium until I've mastered pastels, well, you've just limited how far you're going to go. You know, you're never going to see pastels differently because you're too intimate. You're too close with them. You're trying to problem solve something. You're not bringing anything new to the table where if maybe you picked up oils or picked up acrylics or picked up photography... Take something that you're not comfortable with and then turn around. And after some time in this new medium or new field or new life experiences, you can look back and see pastels totally differently. This is this will happen. I think the best way is if you have a book that you like, like for me, this is a cliche, but To Kill a Mockingbird is a book that I like to reread. I don't have that many books. I like rereading from cover to cover, but To Kill a Mockingbird is one of them. Ironically enough, what that book meant to me and how I read it and how I interpreted it when I was 15, again at 22 and again in my 30s and then again in my 40s, I see and relate to different characters because my life experience has given me a new vantage point and a new view and a new new appreciation for how to see the world and when I was younger obviously I I I might have even I think when I was 15 I think I thought I was Boo Radley I was the scary guy who got blamed for killing people that sounded wrong but I was the guy who was a shut-in who was afraid and then I think I ended up feeling like Scout towards my 20s and then as I became a father obviously I felt more like I was Atticus so your perspective can change as life experience. And so if you don't give yourself new life experience, you're not going to see pastels any differently than how you started. Um, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. So I try new things all the time to the point where maybe it's counterproductive, you know, cause I can't focus all the time, but it's important to be trying uh, uh, and experimenting and doing new things. So, you know, to give yourself some more comfort, we'll say um, uh, people who are also experimental. Okay, um, that you might have heard of an experimental artist in that field would be the poet Robert Frost, Jackson Pollock, Rembrandt, Michelangelo, even Alfred Hitchcock. Um, and people who are more conceptual, like Einstein, would be people more like Van Gogh, Picasso. James Joyce, um, Orson Welles. Um, They were all young geniuses as well. Um, So I think what I'm trying to get across here today is maybe I'm just talking to my younger self or maybe I'm talking to you. I have no idea. But the idea, the, the point I'm trying to make is number one, creativity is not like being hungry. It's not a generic just urge like, oh, my stomach hurts. I should eat food. I am satisfied now. It's not like that for us. Creativity comes in kind of two different forms, more of an experimental form, which is based on what your knowledge of of the world is and your life experiences, building on that and then trying to add a dash of innovativeness towards, towards the end. Or the conceptual innovator who probably isn't even listening to this podcast because they're so genius smart. They just know. It just seems like they have the answers, you know? Um, but my point is creativity is, is, a is almost a beast. It's almost a, it's almost a, a signal to tap into. It's if, if you're not gearing your life towards being aware, listening, hearing, and and kind of tuning into the creative moments, um, you just miss them. And I was hoping to illustrate that by those five things I was talking about. Um, they basically all, for the most part, all have roots in fear. And so, if you want to be creative, you have to bust down your fear. You have to know your self worth. You have to bring yourself up. You have to stay positive, and you have to find good in yourself and know that you're okay. Go out there, get some life experiences. Learn how to fail. Learn how to feel rejected. Learn, have you know, be comfortable in the uncomfort. And you know, just take life and give it a kick in the nuts. Um, you get one shot at this, man. And waiting around for someone to say you're good, or waiting around for someone to say that you're accepted, you're you're probably you're probably listening or wanting acceptance from the wrong person anyway. So. The only person that truly matters is that voice in your head that feels genuinely satisfied when you are done creating something, okay? So no more excuses, no more waiting, no more waiting for your aha moment. You're, you're, you're probably not going to get it. Go out there, experiment, try to find things that jive with you and things that make you just feel like, man, that's, that's fucking awesome. So anyway, again, this is Matt Hodell with the Bastards of Art Podcast trying to release these every monday you can find me on soundcloud stitcher web address for the podcast is bastardsart.com. my uh, email is matt hodell not my email my my web is matt hodell h-o-d-e-l tattoo.com um if you did listen to this on itunes do me a favor will you leave um a comment uh shout out to pete out in uh, belleville illinois um he's been listening. He wrote in, told me that he's enjoying it. Lars out in Columbia, Missouri. He told me he's been enjoying it. So that's a shout out to you guys. Thank you so much. Um, and I, I guess I, and I'll get to work. Um, so yeah, leave a comment on the, on the a review or whatever on the iTunes. Appreciate it. Have a good day.